Welcome to this week's episode of Soccer Neophytes. Kemi watches a Nuno masterclass. What even is a red card anymore? And are United the favorites? And we focus on a Liverpool Chelsea instant classic. Gentlemen, we are on the eve of the transfer window closing. Let's go. Let's get United needs one more. Yeah, United. All I see United. All I see is like I saw prayer candles. You know, some people do like the prayer <laughs> candles around. Like I saw a couple United people with prayer candles around a central midfielder, around Neves's <laughs> name that Manchester United wants. Neves I have a feeling Wolves. this may not happen after yesterday's match. <laughs> after yesterday's match, I don't think it's going to happen either. We'll get to that for sure. You guys all doing good? Good weekends? Good weekend. Yeah, okay. Busy. Crazy weekend. Happy birthday to my little guy. Landon turned nine on Friday. so it was a Happy birthday. Birthday celebrations for the little guy. Love it. It's good. Did you buy him a Ronaldo uh, kit? <laughs> uh, no, they weren't available yet. So he doesn't have a number yet. We'll find out, I think, tomorrow what his number is going to be. Yeah. And, and now I'm not fully sure on all the rules, but from what I understand, you can't change the number of a player in midseason. And so there was a lot of uproar over uh, Cavani sticking to number seven. But I believe once a game has been played, you are not allowed to change your number unless you are transferred out of the unit. So supposedly Ronaldo will not be wearing seven this season. CR7, that's a major brand. Yeah. CR77, maybe? I think that's that, available. That's what people are thinking. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I heard, I think I saw 28 because that's not the number he had when he first came up. Nice. I have no pulling, idea. Pulling a Messi, Messi going back to 30, which was his first number. Yeah. I know he finished his medicals today. So I think all the deal and everything is done. He'll start training with the team once the international break is up. But it'd be interesting to see what number he wears. Yeah, we'll get to that a little bit too later when we talk about transfer business. But let's start with Kemi. Kemi, you watched the undefeated and drawless Spurs, the only team in the league with nine points after three. Uh, but what are your thoughts, Kemi? What did you think watching Spurs? Um, Spurs are fun. I, um, you guys gave me some guys to watch out for. <clears throat> so that made it a lot easier um, to kind of keep up with the pace and the flow of the match. Ma- match, not game. There flow you go. Of the match. Um, it all. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was not my. It wasn't my. It wasn't the most fun I've had watching. Um, <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to watching Nuno Espirito. <laughs> <laughs> it felt. Um, I don't know. It felt. It's like watching the the, the San Antonio Spurs. They 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 kill you with fundamentals. Um, but it wasn't you know it was fun. Um, but it did it gave me my goal of the week. Um, Youngmin Sun. It's probably as good right? as we're gonna do. That's, okay, yeah. um, <laughs> you can just call him Sun. Everyone, son. if you just say Sun, everyone will know. They know who, who he is. About. Or Sunny. Or Sunny boy. He had my goal of the week. It was um. It was no bicycle kick, but from distance, the curve. <laughs> it's funny. I've never been on the receiving end of one of those. So I don't, to me, I was thinking like to the goalkeeper, just move over a little bit and block it. <laughs> I'm sure in real time, it's like I went into a batting cage years ago at 90 miles per hour. And I don't think I caught wind of a single, a single ball. So. Yeah. And I, I don't think that that kick, you guys can correct me, Nate, too, if you think you're wrong, I'm wrong, but I don't think he kicks that into the box trying to score with it i believe he's hitting it in to get a header Mm -hmm. and so the goalie is playing the deflection not the initial kick and i think it just dropped and no one touched it and it went in on him (laughs) yeah i think that's that's how i i perceived it it looks like the keeper gets caught in no man's land right like he either needed to go for the ball or he needed to sit back and let it come to him but he was definitely playing the the cross so Any players stand out for, for you other than other than Sonny? 
None that come to mind. I like. I hate to say this while recording, but I had some amazing notes that my two-year-old knocked over a kombucha right onto the notes. Mm. I try to retype, but they're not as good. No, I get that. I get yeah. that. Your two-year-old has good taste, though, with the kombucha there. That's pretty impressive. It's always it your kombucha. It's definitely my kombucha. It wasn't my choice. <laughs> Yeah, that's I think that's something that we're gonna see with with Spurs moving forward. It's what kind of just killed a lot of Wolves fans fun last year is um his his style of play. And it's not very exciting, but it'll get results. Mm-hmm. And the problem then became when it stopped getting results for Wolves. And then it's mm-hmm. it's one thing to win one nil you know, you leave the grounds happy or you finish the match happy, but when you're losing and watching boring soccer, yeah, that's not fun. And I can speak from experience and we'll get to that. Wolves have lost three in a row and haven't scored. And it's the most fun I've had watching in, <laughs> in probably a, a year and a half. So I think my, uh, my affinity for American football or basketball, I was the man city match was my favorite over the weekend, but for mm-hmm. obvious reasons, winning five nil, it was just fun to like count off on a single hand the number of goals. So that I'm still adjusting to low scores or t- low ties, um, but still draws. enjoying it. Yeah, draws. There you go. <laughs> there it is. Board of the week. We should mention on Tottenham though. There they uh, we talked last week about who will be the final club to keep all clean sheets, and they're they're it. They're the ones. Yep, I, I knew it. Picked it. Yep. But Brentford still hasn't lost. That's true. I did see Brentford lost. Brentford, someone, uh, Brentford fan retweeted a list of all the teams in Europe that still haven't haven't lost. They're very proud to to be on there still. As they should be. Yeah, I saw that tweet too. All right. Well, let's get into Liverpool Chelsea. Kemi, I think as things grow on you, as you understand the game more, uh, the low scoring is tough to get around. But that <laughs> Liverpool Chelsea match was, you know, only two goals scored, but mm-hmm. lots of drama. That mean, and we'll get into all that. But Tim, Liverpool's your team. Um, give us give us some rundown of, of that match. What? How are you feeling coming out of that? Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't get to watch it live. We were out in California and we were having breakfast with some people. So I was like watching what I could. And then it kind of just got to the point where it was rude to have my phone out on the table. So, um, so I watched it later, but um, obviously was following some of the drama around Reese James's red card. Um, But yeah, going back and watching it already knowing kind of what the result would be. That's what I was curious to see was just like how it would feel to watch it. And, um, yeah, I think it's dissatisfying. It's frustrating to have, uh, to play an entire half with the other guys, a man down and to not score. That's just, it's frustrating. So, um, I think coming into the day it's at Anfield. So you're, you're kind of still hoping for three points, but coming into it, I'm kind of like, Hey, if we draw with Chelsea, we can't be too disappointed, but I just think, the way we drew just not making anything happen in the second half was pretty frustrating. So we had a lot of, a lot of possession a lot of control and just couldn't make stuff happen. So um, Chelsea are a really good team. They are a really, really good team. And, and I will say, I mean, Tuchel's uh, managerial decisions to pull Havertz after that goal, which maybe we'll get to that goal later, but to pull him at halftime, and to just load up on defense. I think it, they were like a five. What were they at that point? Five, five four, one, three, one, five. Oh yeah. Five, five three, five, one. three, one. Yeah. Um, so I will say Lukaku, we shut him down. Matip and, and VVD shut him down. Some of that's probably on him. He wasn't playing the way he's played, but it's also the first time he's really been tested this season. So, um, so glad to see that, but yeah, just frustrated that we couldn't break through. So kudos to them for hanging on, getting a point. Yeah, I think I think in some ways, if you're there's obviously two ways to look at it as a as a Liverpool fan. 
and I'm projecting here, but on the one hand, the way Chelsea looked before the red card, they really had for the first half, at least yeah. they really looked under control. They were yeah. creating most of the chances um, to be playing that well. They were up one nil uh, at Anfield. Like you had to be nervous and be thankful that you yeah. came away with a point after, yeah. Yeah. you know, the, the way the first 44 minutes go, obviously the red card being up a man, that leads to a different type of uh, frustration. You know, you yeah. go probably from feeling thankful to get a point to, oh man, now we should get three, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, great, exciting, lots of chances, obviously. Um, probably not as many quality chances from Liverpool, but that also yeah. has more to do with the fact that it was Chelsea one who they're, yeah. they're going to, be stifling on defense anyways. And then that, and then Tuchel basically parking the bus, yep, sitting back and just taking on all the pressure. And at that point, I think it was clear. He was, con- he was totally content with the point, right? He Absolutely. was, he was content with that. So I think you'd have to say that he's much more satisfied with it than Klopp would be coming away from it. Yeah. Klopp, which by the way, we should mention, because I think it's at least the second week in a row, or maybe it's just a new look, new you for Klopp, but no glasses. Yeah. He lost them at some point over the summer. I think he got LASIK or something. It's, it's a little jarring. It is very jarring. The glasses are part of his brand. I know. I was very surprised. Those like clear Warby Parkers. Yeah. I'm sure. Or probably something 10 times as expensive as Warby Parker's that that looks similar. I don't know why it feels like the Swiss should make good eyeglasses, but uh, some Swiss made eyeglasses. Yeah. Do we want to talk about, do we want to talk about the Reese James red card right now, or we get to that later? Yeah, let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about the red card. So that's the big controversy from the match. Um, Tim, walk us through what happened. Yeah. So it was just kind of a, it was a frenzy in the box and Reese James gets himself positioned right on the line inside the, inside the box and inside the goal and the ball's coming in. It looks like it kind of ricochets off his thigh, I think, and hits his hits his right hand. And then I think hits his left hand just, it's like happens so fast. Um, and then bounces away. Obviously play keeps going. They do a VAR check. Um, And yeah, so I think the controversy in large part is because when the official goes over to look at it, he just sees a still frame. It doesn't show the video playing, which I don't understand that. Um, And he makes the call instantly. So it seems like he made the right call. I mean, I, I went back and I read the rule and it's, I can, I mean, I can read it right here. It's pretty clear on those plays. Um, So the category is denying a goal or an obvious goal scoring opportunity um, where a player denies the opposing team a goal or an obvious goal scoring opportunity by a handball offense. The player is sent off wherever the offense occurs. It doesn't have anything about intent. Mm. And even there, his arm is swinging forward. So his arm is a little way from his body and swinging forward. So it's one of those, I've heard other people say, like, it's one of those rules where you're like, he really shouldn't get it, but by the letter of the law, they did the right thing. Um, but the official Anthony Taylor did it in a really strange way. So the fact yeah, that he was goal. the fact that he was able to get the call right without like properly watching the the whole clip is strange, but and that's, I heard the, the post-match interview with Tuchel and that was his thing is like, I don't know how he's able to tell from a still image, but he's like, yeah. well, I guess I'll go back and watch Tuchel. hadn't seen the replay either at that point, but yeah, but I think, yeah, I think it was, it, it is the right call. There was some question about it being a deflection. Like if it deflects off another body part, maybe that negates it. But, but I think that's not in the rule though. But yeah, and I think the goal scoring opportunity is the biggest thing. Like if his hand's not there, the ball goes in the net, right? And so, and then him moving his arm forward makes it even that much more egregious. Yeah, because you see that sometimes where the ball comes up and the guy, you know, quickly swings his arm back to try to get it out of the way. 
In this case, it was instinctual. There was nothing intentional about it. It was just instinctual in that moment. But yeah, I think they got it right. But yeah, I mean, if I were a Chelsea fan, I'd be, I'd probably be pretty frustrated, but it does seem like they got, they got the call right. Yeah, I think it was the right call. It's just such a brutal call. Like it is, yeah. Because it, it's not only, I mean, Liverpool would have scored there, right? If he doesn't do that, the ball goes in the net. It's a goal. He does that, they get a penalty kick, which they're probably going to convert anyways. And on top of getting the PK, which is going to level the game, they're going to lose a player and now play 10 men the rest of the way. Yep. Like that is a brutal punishment, which maybe is justified. I don't know. Well, that's the other thing. So the, the yeah. biggest, so that was the other thing about the rule is if you deny a goal scoring opportunity, regardless of intent, regardless of handball, anything, it's it's a red card and you're sent off. So yeah. the rules require him to be sent off. Right, and I fully understand that. Yeah. I'm not it's, I'm not I'm not brutal. debating that in any way, shape, or form. It's just brutal. Yeah, I think this is. is why the NBA has flagrant one and flagrant two fouls. Uh yeah, I mean, I'll distinguish those. Yeah, his looked it looked the arm going forward made it look intentional. But when it happened, I was so confused because yeah. if, if if a ball is struck at however, whatever velocity they can send it. And I'm not, I don't have the wherewithal to get out of the way and it hits my hand. Well, and it hits his leg stands. first. So it's True. so it's like he can't even predict where it's going to bounce up off his leg. Right. Like, but the rule stands. Yeah. Yeah. That that blew me away. And can the rest. You, you're seeing this now, like post VAR. So VAR was only instituted not at the beginning of last season, right? Two seasons ago, two or three. It's been. I don't think VAR was there my first, our first season, Chris, in eighteen nineteen. So I think they instituted right. it the following year. Um, and the amount of handballs, the amount of like controversy around handballs specifically, defenders are playing in a totally different way. So you may have noticed this already, Kemi, but you'll see guys when a ball's coming in for a cross, they'll put yeah. their hands behind their back mm-hmm. and kind of turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally new. And if you hear mm-hmm. like kind of traditionalists or 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 player like guys who have played, yeah. they think it's the most ridiculous thing because they're like, that's not that's not soccer, that's not football. Like playing right. that way is so unnatural to the way we play. And so I think it's here to stay. So this will become the new normal, and it already has. Like guys, obviously these guys are professionals at the highest level. Like this is the way they're playing now, putting their hands behind their back. But right. um, the penalty for it is so strong. It's I think the conversion rate's like ninety six percent penalties. It's super mm-hmm. high. So basically, mm-hmm. if there's a penalty in the box, it's a guaranteed goal. Mm-hmm. So one one more thing from the rule on the. Um on the uh yeah the red card so it's when it's in the penalty area and they deny an, op- an opponent an obvious goal scoring opportunity uh and the referee awards a penalty kick the offending player is cautioned so yellow card if the offense was an attempt to play the ball so that is like they make an honest attempt with a like legal body part uh-huh. and it happens to hit them um in all other circumstances, for instance, holding, pulling, pushing, no possibility to play the ball, et cetera, the offending player must be sent off. So, yeah. so the rule is pretty clear on that, but it does feel yeah. pretty harsh. Yeah, and VAR, for the record, was instituted in the 2019-2020 season, and I believe the only reason that PK conversion rate is as low as 96 is because of Fulham's year last year. It should be at like 98 <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they had some stinkers last year. <laughs> well, let's move on to the maybe more contentious debate that we'll have around uh only contentious on one side. Well, if you disagree with me, then of course there's contention. So um, but Wolves <laughs> Manchester United, I just have to give a shout out. I Chris couldn't join me. It was it's the original OG football football neil fights darby i'll call it that our old name it's the it's the og darby and chris had some prior obligations so he couldn't join me but i decided anyways to go to george and dragon pub the official manchester united pub of the phoenix red devils and Mm. just before we even get into this they 
I got definitely some slanted looks as I walked in in my wolves attire. <laughs> um, I acknowledged a couple people. I told them I wasn't going to make a big deal. I just want to watch a, a soccer match, eat some English breakfast. And they were so welcoming. I don't know what would happen if it, the tides had been turned and we had won, but <laughs> it was, they were super welcoming. So I just want to give a shout out to the Phoenix red devils. They were great. They welcomed me back anytime and it was great. So Thanks to you guys in Georgian Dragon Pub. It was a good, almost proper English breakfast, as my British friends told me. It needed some hash browns, but I thought it was good. So I went and watched the match amongst a sea of red, and it was it was exciting. Wolves are such a fun and exciting team to watch right now. Um, again, just another impressive offensive and defensive performance. Um, they put a ton of shots on goal or put a ton of shots forward again, shots on goal. Um, they had six, um, looked, looked really, really impressive, especially, I mean, really the whole first half wolves pretty much dominated, uh, dominated the, the match, not as much possession, but, but still like had the, had the best and the clearest opportunities, but as they've been doing all season, they couldn't, couldn't put it in the net. Um, Aaron Juan Basaka, Chris, we, we were talking offline, but he made just a remarkable save on, um, uh, Trinkau, he's one of our new signings, um, or Loney, I guess, uh, Trinkau put a shot on and Juan Basaka just came out of nowhere, slid in and, and, and blocked it. Um, him and the, Veron both, I mean, really played great. Back yeah. There. Cause that ball beat De Gea. He, yeah. he beats the keeper. He beats Basaka the keeper. comes at, you know, sliding in with his left foot and catches it. I mean, it was awesome. It was great Not for Wolves fans, but it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was, if you just appreciate like great plays, it was awesome. You know, yeah. like certainly I was disappointed, but yeah, great tracking back on a play to, Hey, gets beat and Basaka is where he needs to be as a defender. So, um, and it was really a lot of that first half. I mean, Chris, anything else you'd want to mention from the first half? Um, not, not a ton. I mean, you know, the game as a whole, I, I thought the Wolves played great. To be honest with you, I've got nothing bad to say about you guys and the way that you guys played. Um, obviously, if you're a Wolves fan, you want those guys to finish those chances. Um, I don't know what Treori's deal is. That I mean, he's just so good at getting away and then not finishing. It's it's frustrating and amazing at the same time. To be fair, Treore, um, he he passed quite a bit more. He laid off to a couple guys, which were like, he made good decisions multiple times in the match. So I was, I was much more impressed with his decision-making than I had been in the past. But if you guys saw the Mikel Antonio goal, I don't know if you saw it kind of came over the top. He kind of shouldered off a defender. It was just him one-on-one it hit the ground. And then he just one time kicks it. That's the type of finish. Like that's the difference between Mikel Antonio and Traore. Both those guys are big, strong guys with good pace. Uh, they, they can shield off defenders really well. And Mikel Antonio can finish. And that's the difference, right? Yeah. Um, they are both so much fun to watch. They really are. They, they really are. are. And I will say, Chris, you have bitched about Fred for so long <laughs> And I understand why he's it so was, bad. It was atrocious. I mean, he's, atrocious. There's, I, I haven't so gone bad. back and done it yet, but I have to find the video and make a gift because Treore owns him so bad. And Fred, I mean, it looks like if I were out there, I know Fred's a, he's a world-class athlete. So it's, you're comparing world-class athletes against each other, but can we call Fred just a class athlete? <laughs> Can you just be a class athlete? A regional class athlete. But Treore owns him so hard. And a lot of wolves owned him so hard. Treore gets by him and Fred just like face plants into the ground. And I mean, it's, it was bad. Yeah, it was, I mean, he's just, he's 
not good. He's not good offensively. He's not good defensively. He's probably the worst passer on the squad. I have no idea. I've been saying it for years. He has to have naked pictures of Ole. That's the only thing I can think about. Like, <laughs> there's no reason for him to be playing. They've got a couple of guys now. I don't know if he's still playing if McTominay is not injured. McTominay is hurt right now, so he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, so I don't know if he plays over McTominay, um, but Donnie Vandenbeek is sitting on the bench and I just can't find any way that that guy's worse than Fred. And we're at a point now where he's been at United for almost a year. He's a $40 million transfer last year. Like at what point do you, you Vandebeek, right? Yeah. Donnie Vandebeek. What did I say? No, you said Vandebeek. I just wasn't oh, sure okay. if you're talking about Fred. Fred's been there for multiple years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fred's actually pretty old. Uh, he, he's not a young guy. He looks young, but I want to say he's like 31. With a name like Fred, he can't be in his twenties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's one of the rare Brazilians who goes by his first name. Um, so, but and it's, it's, like, and it's, it's a first name and it's a boring white guy. First name. Yeah. But he's a little <laughs> tiny black guy. Um, right. so, so yeah. Um, I just, I don't get it. I don't understand why he plays every week. Ole loves him, obviously. That's why he gets so much playing time. Like he got almost no playing time when Jose was there and the managers before Jose. Um, but Ole just loves him. And it is to the detriment of the squad without question. Yeah, that it's crazy. Um, we'll get into the second half in a second. I just want to bring out a couple stats. So Wolves in their three matches have a 4.3 XG for that's that's nerd football talk for expected goals so i don't know how they figure it out some complex equation based on shots and everything but but i think it's a pretty like good metric for kind of seeing how a team's comparing so 4.3 xg with zero goals to their name and they their uh, xga expected goals allowed is 2.9 then if you break it down by game, they've they've outpaced their opponents in two games and had a virtual tie with Tottenham. So it's reasonable based on like expected goals that Wolves could have seven points right now. So I think it just helps to show like why I, I have so much excitement for Wolves moving forward is, yeah, we have zero points and zero goals, but we've played gr- three great teams and I if those matches were scattered throughout the season, it looks a lot different, but when they're stacked on top of each other um, and I would say most wolves fans feel this way. So, yeah, I think you guys are, uh, you guys are the game of Thrones team to me, like winter's coming winter, winter is coming. Yeah. But I do think if, I mean, we got Watford and we have a great, I mean, we have until December, really, it's a pretty, like they're winnable matches, but I think if we don't score against Watford, you'll start to hear a lot more. There'll be a lot more worry, right? Like, okay. It's one thing to not score against Leicester Tottenham and, and United, but we got to start scoring at some point. So second half, um, you could see wolves, I think slowed down a little bit. They, they ran so hard in the first half. Um, I think possession started to shift a little more United's way, but they still weren't re- United. Wasn't creating a lot of chances. Um, Wolves were creating some chances, just not as kind of ferociously as they were in the first half. Um, this is kind of a non-important statement out of context, but in context, I'll just say it. Neves fouls Bruno pretty hard. Bruno goes down and this is just an interesting thing, Kemi, for you to like understand about, about football. When a player goes down, if they seem to be in like genuine pain, an opposing team may choose to kick the ball out of bounds so okay. that he can get attended to, which is what the Wolves chose to do. But they don't have to. They could continue playing on. The reason I bring it up and kind of the controversy of this whole thing is, you know, with 10 minutes left in the match, Pogba and Neves come in on a 50, 50 ball. Neves beats him to it. Pogba goes studs up into Neves's shin. 
Neves takes like a step or two, then falls down. United chooses to play on, which they have every right to do. They play on, get the ball out to Greenwood. Greenwood puts a great strike on. Saw should have saved it. Like, let's be honest about that. Like, he gets a hand on it. It's not a, it was a, I mean, the strike was super hard. I'm not going to save it, but a Premier League like keeper. I think if he doesn't touch it, it goes wide. You think, huh? I, I do think that. Interesting. Well, and, and we should mention that Greenwood had a great strike earlier in the match that did go just wide. Yeah, just by um, Greenwood is so good. We can talk about it later, though. Dude, he's so good. He's so good. Um, so they score. It goes to, to VAR. Um, and they don't see that there's a clear and obvious error on the pitch. So they don't. Because what could have happened is they could have taken the goal back because it was in the run of play, a foul curd in the run of play, and it would have negated the, the goal. So they decide not to do it, which in real time, I didn't think anything of it. Like I'm in the, I'm in the pub with all these United fans and they're like, that's not a foul. That's not a foul. And I didn't think it was a foul. Then they show like the angle, like the, the kind of the best angle. And, and everyone in the bar, like, oh, it's not a foul. And I was like, yeah, it's not a foul. Um, so even until I got into my car, I didn't think anything of it. And I was even surprised because Neves ends up, ends up getting a yellow card for flopping. So, Kemi, you can get a yellow card for, for flopping. So if you fake a foul, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll give you a yellow. So and when, Neves, um, when is the NBA adopting this? Right. <laughs> was wh- I? I thought the yellow was for dissent after the goal. Like he clearly was demonstrative towards Mike Dean and yelling at him, and he pulled his sock all the way down and was pointing at his his foot and yelling at Dean. I thought that was what his yellow was for, not I, for flopping. I assumed it was for. That's flopping. how I read it too. You you thought it was because he's being demonstrative. It, was, it came yeah, so it was, much later, right? It was dissent. Oh, I thought they looked at the VAR because I never saw it slowed down. So I thought, oh, they gave him the, the yellow for flopping. No, I'm, oh. not, I'm like 100% sure it was for descent towards the official. Got it. Okay. So, so then I get to my car, watch the video. And if you've seen it, which you guys should have, because I sent it to you <laughs> in our group chat. <laughs> um, it, it is a 50-50 ball. It is close. but. Pogba goes studs up right into Neves's shin. And that, if you read the letter of the law, which I didn't look up, but if you read the letter of the law, should be a red card and the goal should be disallowed and Pogba should be sent off. Upon initial, I don't, I don't blame Mike Dean in this scenario, which I think Mike, I'll, when they announced the referee and the VAR for this, I tweeted five days ago, you guys can go and look at it. I tweeted, we're going to lose this match one nothing, because of a VAR check giving a penalty and, we're, and we will lose. Obviously, I wasn't exactly right, but Mike Dean and Stuart Atwell are horrible and they always screw Wolves. They always screw us. Mm-hmm. So I don't blame Mike Dean on this one because I think in real time, it doesn't look like he gets him. You can see why Neves is demonstrative because he like gets drilled in the shin and there's no foul but you can shake your head all you want chris he you can like the video is proof he got drilled in the shin he got drilled in the shin pad exactly the shin guard like you see the shin guard across him not into him and he catches the shin guard like he basically catches the sock where the shin guard is and oh. pulls the sock to the side. So Pogba's coming across him, not into him. So saying he drilled him it in doesn't the shin matter. is like blowing it up. It doesn't matter where you hit a guy. If you hit a guy with your studs up, that's a red card. Look at the look at the Jaka red card. Like uh, that, and that to me is different though. Like we, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. You, I mean, do you want to talk about? No, it? no. I want to bring it up because I think it's a good comparative comparison. Jaka gets his foot. But I think Pogba gets way more of Neves than no than Xhaka gets. No, I I think I think as a jaded Wolves fan right now, like that's your perspective, which is totally <laughs> fine. Like it's totally fine. Like I get it being a fan. I totally understand. They're well, that's why we have other. That's why we have, have other people on here to provide right. some like reason. So the Xhaka red card, 
he actually goes into him with both feet up, catches him with his back foot. Now, anyone who's played baseball, who's been taught how to slide properly, you tuck your back leg for safety. So when you go in with two feet up, it's a completely different tackle than going in with one. Now, I, I Pogba, agree. I agree like, with It's that. still a 50-50 ball. Pogba's going for the ball and he's coming across, not into. I think they're completely different situations. So but it doesn't matter because studs up, if you like, it doesn't matter if you're going across someone into okay. someone. How stud, do we, like, what do you define as studs up? Like, cause when you say if that, you I, watch the, if you watch the video, you can see Pogba's studs hit Neves's shin. Okay, because when you say studs up, I imagine a player sliding with his foot up high. No, no, and I that's just not the case. Studs, I, I mean, his studs exposed hitting someone's leg like that. That to me is I'm not saying it was a high kick. I'm just saying he came in higher than the ball. And that's like if you're if your foot is higher, he misses the ball like he doesn't get the ball. Neves gets the ball. So Neves gets there before. So he was already he was I think he was on target for the ball. Neves gets it. I think if if Neves hadn't gotten to the ball in time, it would have looked totally legit, don't you think? Yeah, totally. If he gets the ball, if they hit the ball, so a matter second. of a split second. But that's the point. But that's so. But his point. feet weren't in an, weren't in an inappropriate place if he got the ball and the ball moved out of kind of where the trajectory of where it was. Totally. But there's that's no- what I think makes it so tricky that does make it trickier, but there's nothing in the rules about that. Yeah, does, yeah. There's nothing in the rules about if it's a 50, 50 ball, because it's not a 50, 50 ball. It's a 50.1 to 49.9. Like never. Uh, okay. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, yeah. Was, I, I don't think Pogba did it intentionally. I don't think it was a egregious foul. I'm just looking at it like from what the rules say. And that's again, why I don't put it on Mike Dean. I think in the moment, I, I didn't think it was a foul. I, until I saw it in slow motion. Until Patrick. all the Wolves fans on Twitter told you it was. <laughs> uh, no, I just so, watched it in slow motion. And then so I what, asked the question, like, what is VAR for? VAR is okay. there to check these things. So Right. So then if VAR is there to check these things, they should have checked Nevis doing it to Bruno Fernandez earlier in the match. Yes. And Nevis, Nevis shouldn't have even been in the game at that point then. And this would have never happened if VAR had done their job correctly. So we're yes. arguing a moot point. No, we're not arguing a moot moot point. I'm saying VAR got it wrong in both. Yeah, I would agree with you. Like VAR needs to be, if that's what it's for, then they should call it. Yeah, I'm on on the record with you guys on text. Like this stuff doesn't bother me. It's to me, it's part of the game. These 50-50 balls that are split seconds, like there's going to be contact on those. And now, again, this is coming from someone who's been watching this sport for three and a half, four years. I don't have a huge history of it. I love American football. I love American basketball. Like these are contact sports. You've got 11 guys running on a giant field after one ball. Like these things are going to happen. That's how I've always looked at it. And if the ref doesn't make the call, they don't make the call. If the ref does make the call, then the ref does make the call. You got to live with those things. And it just to argue about it afterwards is so dumb to me. Well, what would, we wouldn't even have a podcast if we weren't arguing <laughs> about stuff. Like, that is the point. Like Arguing about dumb stuff is, the, is what we're doing here. If we didn't have a podcast, <laughs> you would not have heard anything more about this, Chris. <laughs> I would have texted you about it. We would have bickered about it for a few minutes, and then we wouldn't have talked about it anymore. Well, right, and the, reason, which... the reason why this is a legitimate thing, though, is like the studs up rule is because that is extremely dangerous, right? Like, yeah. if somebody goes in with intention... That's like if I mean Pogba wasn't going in with intention, but if he was going in with intention, that Which becomes I, a that becomes like a really really dangerous play. But intention doesn't matter in this. That's the other thing. But that, that's why the studs up is a, is a rule because they don't want players going in studs. Yes. Up. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So they can't police intention, but they can police studs up, and yeah. so. Yeah, that's right. Which but is I do why. Think, I think the Jaka red card was a red card, and I don't <laughs> think the Neves or Pogba were. Hmm. Yeah, I do. I do think that. I mean, I don't know what the how, what the wording of the rule is. I don't know if anyone has it in front of them, but watching that replay, um, the shin guard popping off his leg, like that, does tell me that it's like it. He was like caught. He was like nicked on the side of it, and it like pops off. 
So I'd be really curious, like if you looked at Neves shin afterwards, does he have a mark? You know, like yeah. it looked vicious, but I don't know that it actually was. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, it was it's so hard to tell. We yeah, watched those so replays over and over and over again. And the fact that none of us really know what it's like to to take a blow like that doesn't help. You know, like when mm-hmm. I look at it, I see Nevis take two steps, look at the ref and then go down. And when Nate looks at it, he sees a brutal slide into tags him in the shin should have been a card right away. Like, I guess it's just all That's not what I saw, though. Youth. but I want to be clear. That's not what I saw. I, that's what you were convinced of by when Will's I saw when I saw Twitter. it in slow motion my issues on VAR my issue is not on I didn't think it was an instant red card I and even Neves taking a couple steps afterwards I thought oh that's he's playing it up a little bit he's trying to draw a foul like I thought all those things I'm my argument is that VAR is there for a reason yeah it's a goal like a goal is scored it's like a to, like it's not just a normal run of play like this actually matters so that's why that's why i've uh, that's why i have issue with it not with the normal run of play i love the more physical way i I actually really enjoy football much more this season they're letting guys play on i think that's a way to play but obviously it's a if this if they don't score a goal we're not even having this conversation right it's because because no one really mentions the bruno foul no you know they only mentioned the pogba foul because it there was a goal scored in it I do think it matters though. Like Wolves, I think Wolves played honorably at that point. That Bruno goes oh. down, they kick the ball out of bounds to get him checked. I'm not, and I'm not saying United didn't play honorably. There was a big discussion among Wolves fans mm-hmm. like, should Wolves play meaner? Like, should we be, should mm-hmm. we have gone? Like, we don't have to kick it out of bounds. We chose to. Yeah. And, and he, fault with Wolves. Here's how I looked at it um, because. I've been on, you know, United's been on the other end of that. United actually has kicked balls out of bounds a lot. And I think it was, I think they were playing city last year where someone went down and they were, you know, everyone was like yelling at city to kick it out and they didn't, they pressed, they didn't score, but then everyone got pissed and the game totally. got chippy. Um, so I know what you're oh, saying. I, I think the only difference in the two situations for me is that the foul on Bruno occurred in United's attacking zone. And when they play it out, they play it out. And so it's the Wolves defensive zone. And when the foul on uh, Pogba, it was also in the United attacking zone. So United was still attacking, um, you know, when Neves goes down, whereas the whereas Wolves weren't attacking during the Bruno one, they had just regained possession of the ball in their own defense. And, and so I wonder if had it happened on the other side of the pitch, would yeah. Wolves have still played the ball out of bounds if they were, you know, uh, you know, the at press. the 20 yeah. yard mark. That's I fair. have no idea. Yeah. Who knows? It's a mystery as what Neves <laughs> shin looks like. It gives us something to argue about. So good. Show us the shin Neves. Show us the he shin. Well, you know, he'll show it now and everyone will be like, Oh, he bladed it himself. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny though. We're going to talk about transfers right now, but one of the big transfer rumors, all transfer window has been Neves to United. And <laughs> oh, I don't man. know how these things play out. Like <laughs> I don't want Neves to go. I love him. Like I don't want him or Trevor to leave. And it seems like both of them are going to stay, but you do wonder like, does this play a role now where, He's like, no, I'm pissed. Like, <laughs> I actually read an article right before we started recording because our going back to our talk about Fred, um, United needs a midfielder, and so they're linked right now to Neves and Declan Rice. Well, Declan Rice's asking price from West Ham is supposed to be astronomical, so more than likely they're out on that. But they're still supposedly pursuing Neves and the thought process was while he might be upset after yesterday's game, it's been 24 hours and who wouldn't want to go and potentially play for that, that club. But I I don't know. I mean, it'll be, it's an interesting 24 hours now at this point. Yeah. Less than right. I mean, but yeah, the time we're recording and even like when the pods release, there'll only be a few hours left. Right. And, and with uh, United transferring, selling off Daniel James to Leeds this morning. Uh, they got 30 million for him. There's a potential Anthony Martial move that could be made. Supposedly um, they're going to line up. They United will have the finances to go after a Neves if they want to. 
Um, and if Wolves are willing, because supposedly Wolves have a midfielder potentially coming in as well, which would give them the ability to move Neves and be okay. Yeah, I'm hoping they don't do it. But yeah, Wolves have a guy, Renato Sanchez. He's, I think, 23, 24-year-old midfielder, Portuguese guy, of course. Um, but he actually, I mean, he has he's had a very tumultuous club career. He's kind of bounced around from clubs um, and hasn't performed super well. But at the international level is where he's really made his name. And he was the youngest capped player for Portugal uh, at the 2016 euros, I think he featured and he broke Ronaldo's record, which the fact that we are, however far we are into this podcast, 40 minutes, and we haven't mentioned his name until now in like a passing manner is remarkable. And we'll get to that as well, but Renato Sanchez, um, he played great for Portugal in Euro. Uh, he just had knee surgery or had a knee issue. So he won't even be available until October. That's why I think maybe Wolves have a chance that some of his value has diminished a little bit. Andy's a Mendez client, so Wolves always have an advantage with that. But um, yeah, we'll see. And there's a couple other guys Wolves could get. We need a central. We need a center back. Um, if we're going to play Bruno Lage's system, we need another center back because Bruno wants to play a four-four-two. Um, so we'll see. How about Liverpool, Tim? Um, it doesn't seem like we've really got anything else happening. Um, Klopp seems at least outwardly, he seems content with the squad we have. And I mean, coming into this season or coming into this transfer window, I really hope that we would get a new midfielder to replace Wijnaldum because he's been such a, a crucial part of our team the last few years, winning the champions league, winning the Premier league. Um, but I mean, some of these young players, I mean, Harvey Elliott, Harvey Elliott on the broadcast, uh, Lee Dixon referred to him. He said, man, he really reminds me of a young Messi. So it's like, you don't want to jinx the guy, but um, him and then Simikas last week, like some of the guys who we've brought in over the last few years that we really haven't gotten to see yet. And some of the young guys coming up through the Academy, like they seem to really feel good about the squad we've got and don't take the approach that like, Hey, if there's an expensive piece out there, let's spend money and get that piece. So we'll see whether that's the right, the right decision or not. And if we really do have the depth that, you know, that we need when injuries come and fatigue comes uh, at least to get us until the January window. But as, as of now, it doesn't seem like we're getting anybody else. So I'm cautiously, I'm cautiously okay with that, but you know, I'd always love to see a fancy signing. Well, and, and Jurgen's on the record that, you know, Liverpool being a small club, they just don't have the finances to compete with the other big clubs. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All things are relative. All things are relative. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's talk about Ronaldo. We don't, don't need Who? to spend a ton of time. Who? That's actually how Pogba, or I think De Gea in the post-match interview, they're like, are you excited yes. for Ronaldo? And De Gea goes, Who? <laughs> Which also in that in interview, also in that interview, Pogba said, I haven't watched the video, but I didn't touch him. <laughs> like, okay, well, you can watch the You can watch well, the video. He didn't. He touched his sock in his shin guard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so his foot, his, his booted foot touched a sock ankle. So there was no skin to skin. <laughs> <laughs> Is that another one of those? The rule is the rule. You made contact, so here's the penalty. Because I, it it looks so unintentional to me that I was surprised that it, there was any conversation at all. Uh, it has nothing to do with I'm, intent. I'm, okay. Like, yeah. And I'm I mean, waiting to the 11th hour to say anything, but I don't know. And I feel like I don't know enough yet to speak into this. But I, I I saw it, and it looked like his foot was propelled by the ball enough that the contact was made, but not enough to warrant any stoppage, any foul, any conversation. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's why there's controversy, right? Because clearly with, there was no intent, right? Intent doesn't matter. Right. It's a 50, 50 ball. It was bang, bang. Like, I mean, that's what you've heard Chris and my, Chris and I argue about it. Right. But as like, if I take a step back, like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why there's controversy because sure. it led to a goal is that was there enough contact intent doesn't like that's the big thing intent doesn't matter two seasons ago 
when Sun, who's, whose leg did Sun break? Oh man, who uh, was that? Yeah, I don't remember. I've tried not was, to think about that I was anymore. So new, I was so new into following it, but two or three years ago, Sun slides in on a tackle. Andre Gomez. Andre Gomez. I, I, where is he? Did he ever come back? Like Sun slides in and just break, breaks this guy's ankle. Ooh. And, and that's part of, that's part of the issue. Like, and that's what I've heard some wolves say, like if Neves's foot is planted, Mm -hmm. that's a leg breaker. They call it like a leg breaker. Right. And Mm. so if it was full contact, if it was glancing and he just clipped his, it's just a sock breaker, but um, so that's the thing is that it has nothing to do with intent because son, son was crying on the sideline, like clearly upset. And I think that's the thing, right? Like even Xhaka, like, is he trying to hurt the guy? No, he just like lost control for a moment yeah, like, yeah. of himself. And there's, there's just kind of like no excuse, like, sorry. Like I know and he you has, know. and Xhaka has a history. I think players yeah. history matters. Too. I mean, not that it matters to oh, intent, but totally. he's got a history of losing his cool. So, yeah. So that's part of it is like, okay, are you like the intent doesn't matter as much, but I think, yeah, there's clearly no intent on Pogba's part on that. Like he's going for the, he's clearly going for the ball. So I think that's the right assessment. So Ronaldo. Yeah. <laughs> what Chris, a crazy... you, haven't been a, you haven't been a long enough fan to like appreciate the full turn of this whole thing, but how are you feeling just in general? I think it's awesome. I, you know, what's weird is I had a feeling he was coming back to United at the end of last year. I don't know why. Like, I think there are like rumors kind of coming out that he kind of wanted to return home. Um, and I just kind of thought it made sense. Um, and, and so like, it was a really interesting week cause we recorded last Monday. And then I think on Tuesday, like the rumors broke, he's going to city and it was like three days of like the deal's almost done. He's going to city. And then we woke up Friday to, he's not going to city. Apparently a four hour call from Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, changed his mind. <laughs> and then, uh, Bruno Fernandez tweets out agent Bruno question mark and <laughs> an hour later Ronaldo has signed with Manchester United so it was a crazy it was a crazy couple of days from like a United standpoint because yes I have not been a fan long enough of United to like fully understand what he meant to the club 12 years ago uh-huh. but as a sports fan you know names, you know people, you know players. And even if you don't appreciate the sport fully, you kind of know those athletes and you've seen highlights of those athletes or you've YouTube videos of those athletes to kind of see what makes them great. And so while I may not fully understand what it's like to be a United fan, having a player like that return to the club, I certainly know how good he is and how good he was and what he he meant to every team he's been on, not just United. So uh, super cool to have a legend coming in like that. Super cool to have a legend returning, which I don't think you see all too often. Usually guys move on and they move on. So um, really cool. It's been, it was funny. It was a funny couple of days being a United fan and seeing my Twitter feed with like people like just burning their, burning their Ronaldo jerseys. Yeah. Doing the LeBron (laughs) Cleveland burn your jerseys. What a scumbag, Um, you know, all the, all the stuff, all the bad things that Twitter really is known for was on full display and then friday morning there was a lot of sorry guys my account got hacked or uh you know deleting of tweets and this tweet's no longer available uh so it's pretty un- funny. unburning of jerseys too yeah, is that happening was, as well it was impressive they figured out how to unburn a jersey <laughs> Uh, I did. So that, I did see one video of a guy playing the video backwards of him. <laughs> that's good. Brilliant. Like that. You know. But yeah. I mean, it's cool. I wonder uh, what all went into it. I kind of thought, you know, is the city play him, kind of uh, trying to get United, yeah, you know, more interested and in really like get him picked up and going. I, I have no idea what goes in those negotiations and all that. Um, but it was funny to see the outpour of his former United teammates being like, you don't do this. You don't leave United and then come back to the Premier League for City. You don't do that. So I thought that stuff was pretty interesting. Yeah, I think, you know, the transfer window, I haven't been a fan super long, but 
I feel like just the wisdom of it is to wait till the window's over. If you're going to bitch about your team, Wolves fans have been horrible. Who are, we're not mm. signing anyone. Uh, what are we doing? They don't, Fosun doesn't care. Our ownership doesn't care. They don't really want to work for the top spot. Well, we brought in this Korean guy on, uh, sun, on Sunday who's supposed to be like, I don't know if he's as fast as Traore, but is close. And uh, if this Renato Sanchez thing goes through and we, and there's rumors, we're going to get this other center back. All of a sudden these same people are like, I'm sorry. I should have like trusted the process. It's just not worth freaking out until, you know, you see the shirt in hand, but that's kind of the joke is like until the club posts a picture of them wearing their shirt or holding their new, new shirt. Like you just can't freak out about it. So we'll have plenty of time tomorrow um, to, to watch and see what happens in these, these waning hours of the transfer window. And then we can just play with the squads we got until January and go through it all again. I do want to have a America American watch moment because we had two Americans who had really, really good matches in the Carabao cup. Kemi, the Carabao cup is a cup and we're going to have to spend when we don't have so much controversy to talk about, we'll spend more time talking about the different cups, but it's a tournament that takes place concurrently with the league. And it includes teams from the premier league and the next tier down the championship. And I think there might be some play-ins for some of the other lower leagues, but at least the top two tiers. Um, And without going into all the details, not uh, the top seven teams don't enter into the like tournament until the third round. So wolves, because they were not top seven last year, they played in the second round of the tournament. They played a team called Nottingham forest where United States men's national team, keeper uh and hero of was it the gold cup I, now i'm getting them confused we just won so many cups over the yeah. summer the, the conference cup one of them went to the gold one of them cup, went to i think shootouts. and uh horvath was the keeper and he made some great saves well he played against wolves wolves scored four on him which Ooh. is not his fault he, the team got battered he made nine saves I watched uh, some of that. I watched some of the replays um, and he looked actually really good. So he had a good Carabao Cup showing and Josh Sargent of Norwich. uh, He got the start in the Carabao Cup and scored two goals. So he got a brace. So some good showings by the Americans uh, during the midweek matches. Feeling patriotic. And we have some... uh, U.S. men's national team to watch. It's the international break. Um, so there's no Premier League next week, which will we'll, uh, have a little break for us, but we can watch some of our favorite Americans on Thursday, actually, in it, World Cup qualifying. Do you know, is the U.S. playing in territories where Premier League clubs are letting their players go? Oh yeah, there's that deal where Premier League's not letting their players go to red countries that are COVID yeah. red, and so uh, I don't know. The U.S. plays El Salvador at home. I doubt they're going to El Salvador, so I don't know the full list. I know they're playing El Salvador on Thursday, and I haven't really seen where else U.S. is going. But okay, um, for Hair Watch, um, Chris. texted me right at the start of of the Wolves match and said Traore and Juan Basaka side by side Mm -hmm. is like one of the most beautiful hair watch matchups um, of of this young season, um, which is true. And I am just going to tell you in two weeks when matches are back, I want you to look at Brighton. Brighton has just signed a guy. I'm not going to tell you who it is. They just signed a guy that is definitely in the running for hair of the year. So (laughs) two weeks, Brighton, you can do your research ahead of time if you want, but two weeks, he will be like recognizable 
And sure. they've already got Basuma, right? And he was, we mentioned yeah. him a week or two yeah. ago. That's right. Let's talk I'm, about I'm, goal, goal of the week. Um, Kemi, you, you mentioned Sun's, Sun's goal. Um, Tim, you had one that you had kind of referenced earlier. Yeah, I mean, uh, it gives me no pleasure to say it, but Havertz's goal was phenomenal. I mean, the header just it was it was so precise. And and I have to believe that's talent and not luck. Like just lobbed it right over defenders, right over Allison. He had like a two inch margin of error and he slotted it right in. So from a from a not easy angle either. No, no. Yeah. yeah, he had very little margin for error and he slotted it right in there. So yeah, good for him. Yeah. I did want to mention Ivan Tony for Brentford. He opened his account. Yeah. Chris, who else opened their account this weekend? Pookie scored for Norwich. My God. PK, right? Yeah, PK, but still Pookie opens his account. So we got to Is- celebrate that here. Let me ask you this. Is there a better sports term in all of sports than they open their account? I like it. It's up I there. Think it, I think it's the I think it's the best. It's up there. Well, let's look at the lock it in review. Um, there, two of us got got victories. I picked Tottenham over Watford. I like Tottenham. Am three zero and zero, even though we don't ca- count draws here. Chris mm. opened his account this weekend. <laughs> he got his first victory. With well Memphis played United over Wolves. Uh, Tim took his first loss Oof, of the year. It hurts. Took West West Ham over Palace. They drew, and Kemi also lost by picking a draw. He took Aston Villa over Brentford, but they finished with a draw. Uh, Kemi, you got first pick again. Who are you taking this week? Liverpool over Leeds. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Good choice. <laughs> yeah, so I, like I said last week, I had a, a pretty solid rule of not pitching, picking Manchester United. Uh, but for the third week in a row, I'm taking Manchester United. And there's a reason for this, and it's pretty obvious. It's that they are at home, and it will be Ronaldo's return to Old Trafford. Uh, after this match, I'm probably going to stay away from picking them for a while. You think you think that'll give them the edge over Newcastle? You know, I think, <laughs> it might. I think Newcastle has something to do with it. It just might put them just over the edge of Newcastle. <laughs> oh man, Chris or Tim, who'd you take? Yeah, I've got uh, much to my chagrin. I'm choosing Chelsea over Villa. They're just really good, and they're at home. So, and I am taking Wolves over Watford. That was actually my number one pick. I didn't expect any of you guys to take that wolves have not, they haven't Mm -hmm. scored. So there's no reason for you to, I just have that much faith that they can't not score forever. They have to (laughs) score sometime and I'm picking it to be uh, in two weeks. So right now there's, uh, I guess there's only two clubs that haven't scored a goal. It's Wolves and Arsenal. It's almost like the opposite of what we talked about last week. So which team's scoring first, Arsenal or Wolves? Who's Arsenal playing? Does it matter? Oh, they play Norwich, I think, because I thought it was funny that we couldn't pick either of them. They're both in the <laughs> yes. relegation zone, so we couldn't they pick. They do uh, play Norwich and Arsenal. Well, I guess maybe it, it matters which team plays first. Yeah, that's like, what that I was might say. be the distinction because I think both of them will score. I um, do think both clubs will score. Oh, here's the, the best: they break. both play Saturday at seven a.m. Their games are at the oh. same time. So who scores first? At, they'll score at the identical same time. <laughs> <laughs> Minute thirty-seven. I think Arsenal is going to score first. That's my prediction. Okay. I'm taking Wolves. Kemi, who are you going to focus on in two weeks? Uh, two weeks, our return. I'll be paying attention to Aston Villa. The villains. Aston <laughs> Villa is a rival of Wolves. They're both in what's called the West Midlands. Um, they're not as hated as the other club from there that will remain nameless and aren't <laughs> even in the Premier League. <laughs> um, but Aston Villa... The big thing about Villa, I would say, 
from this summer is that they sold Jack Grealish, who, if you want to talk about fans burning jerseys, I think fans were very mad that he left. Uh, he's been at Villa for a long time. They expect him to stay for a long time, but he went to Man City. You can't blame him for it. Um, and talk about a flopper. He's he's the worst of the lot, but he's gone. Um, and I would say Villa had a very good summer. They made some great signings. I think they used their money very wisely. Uh, they reinvested in the club. They brought in Danny Ings from Southampton. So he'll be a guy to watch. He already has, I think, a couple goals and an assist so far this season. Um, they brought in a guy, Emiliano Buendia from Norwich, another great signing. He's played great. Um, they have a guy named Ollie Watkins. Um, talk about hair watch. Tyrone Mings has just a nice set of dreads. Um, Tyrone Mings, another guy to keep your eye out for, but Villa's Villa's a solid squad. They're not messing around. They have a long history. I think they're one of the original clubs in the, in the English football league. Um, they finished 11th last year. Um, and yeah, I don't think they're going anywhere. So they're, they're, they're a good, solid, solid club to, to focus on. I don't know how they'll do against Chelsea, but um, it'll still be they're a solid club. Anything Full disclosure, I picked them because of the uh, the Nigerian brothers, the Chukwuemekas on the team. I didn't even know they had Nigerians. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Are they new to the club? You probably don't know, right? I have no idea. I just uh, yeah, I just saw that there's there's two of them. They are brothers. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Another factoid about Aston Villa is their Prince William's favorite club. So maybe he'll make an appearance. Maybe he'll show up. Mm. I think it's, is it at Chelsea? It's at Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. I oh, think, it is at right? Villa. Okay. That's good. Gentlemen, uh, enjoy your, your two weeks. Enjoy your next week without recording. Um, there's still plenty of football to watch. U.S. men's national team should be fun to see how we do. Hopefully get a good start to the world cup qualifying. Sounds good. Yeah, week off. (laughs) Enjoy.